listening to a podcast from Light FM. Good morning, it's Light Breakfast with Asha and Terry. And our gifting back gala today is all about how we can support local businesses and social enterprises this festive period with our guest, Deborah Henry, founder of non-profit Fuji Org and Fuji La, and Amara, a Fuji higher education scholar. So let's talk about Fuji. There are many different parts of Fuji making up Fuji. Deborah, maybe you could walk us through sort of the beginnings and give us a sort of historical overview from sort of when it started to where you are right now. So we actually started Fuji as a school, a very small tuition center way back in 2009. And this was when my university friend and I, Shikin, had just met a refugee family in Malaysia. My first time meeting a, a family living here from Somalia. And for me, I was I was just shocked. How How is it that we have children in our own country? in our own backyard that are not in school, very simply put. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started giving them tuition every weekend and then soon realized that there were so many more children in the community that wanted to go to school, right? Something yeah. so basic. Yeah. And we met a, a man from the community, a Somali man. Um, and the following year, you know, we start, started a very small school with 60 students in a small apartment unit. Mm-hmm. And that was the birth of Fuji School. I love how you say small and then the word 60, (laughs) that small. I mean, that's a huge number of kids. So what's that journey been like for you seeing it sort of if you were able to see the sort of the bird's eye view of when you started way back then to, to where it's at now? I think it's it's funny because I started the school when I was in my early twenties, mm. right? And so you're you're learning as you're doing very much. And and we the idea when we started first was a basic education because these kids can't go to a formal school. Yeah. And right. over the years, you realize, hang on a minute, these children we call them refugees are are not going anywhere. It's not like they're in Malaysia for six months. They're here for many years, waiting mm. for resettlement mm. to a to another country. And so. Two years becomes five years, can become eight years. So it's long, it's long term. Mm -hmm. And so then the mindset changed of, no, we have to give, we have to offer a more holistic education, a proper one, right? right? And so that then the school grew, we became better, we took it more seriously. And then obviously I was juggling many other things in my career at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, walking runways. <laughs> <laughs> you know, walking runways here yeah. and there, like trying to run this at the same time and mm-hmm. learning as well, right? Mm-hmm. So over the years, we, you know, it was a decision I finally had to make uh, maybe about five years in that, okay, am I doing this seriously? And then to have to put that effort and energy into it and obviously to build a strong right. team around the organization. Mm-hmm. So fast forward today, we have a school with 200 students. We have about 15 staff in that school. And then our management and our scholarship program that mm-hmm. we run, we have another eight people. So we're a much bigger nonprofit organization today. I love that sort of um, continuing to sort of grow and learn as you're providing growing and learning. Amara, you are a higher education scholar in that yeah. school. What's it been like for you? I think when I finished my school, I had no clue of how am I going to continue my university Mm -hmm. because I think being a refugee student, we are deprived of a lot of opportunities here when it comes to education, work. And I think the only way that you can even proceed in your careers is when you have a basic degree in your hand, at least when you are a migrant, an immigrant or a refugee um, Mm -hmm. in Malaysia. I have tried different universities and colleges that would offer scholarship and each time I tried in the options is there any offer for like you know international students there was none Mm -hmm. and this is where like I decided that 
is there some somebody who help refugees who include like is there in inclusivity in in Malaysia and this is where i think i have been blessed where i got to know about fiji and uh, like the process was quite long like a lot of students uh, refugees are like looking for such opportunities mm-hmm. because it's not that they do not want to learn they want the education but they do not have means and i think this is where fiji comes in at the, at the right spot where you're not just giving the primary or secondary education but you're also making a pathway for students to continue with their higher education and this is where like i believe that i got this opportunity at the right time and today i'm being blessed that i'm almost finishing my second year of degree wow. i'm doing law and i think wow. it's one of the major courses and one of the, the most expensive degrees and I I'm ever so grateful that Fiji is there to support us not just with like minor stuff just courses but actually a qualified and quality education. When it comes to the the higher education scholars uh in Fiji what are the options that are available to them when it comes to the courses of study? So I think it's still limited. In Malaysia itself universities are slowly starting to open up to the idea that we want to include refugees in our system we talk right. about education equity right mm. every child has the right to an education yes. it's enshrined in the child rights and why are we then not providing that right mm. so you see a lot of people are starting to wake up they realize that you know Nelson Mandela said an education is the most powerful weapon you right. can use to change the world it's probably one of the most important investments you make in a person doesn't only just change their life it's a generational it's right. like a domino effect right yes. so it really really matters and it's important mm. and to see a lot of uh, higher education unis- uh, institutions opening up is amazing but it is something that we as a organization we're also trying to build partnerships strategic partnerships talk to more universities i think there's still a lot of um unknowns and uncertainties when it comes to this is it okay will i get in trouble are refugees allowed to access so yeah. right. i think there are a lot of these legalities that people still are unsure about but our ministry of higher education has said that they 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 think that refugees should have the right to access university and so we're seeing progress in in that area mm. um But yeah, we work very hard to build partnerships locally, internationally, and and as Amara was saying earlier, it's it's really opportunities, right? So a student yeah. who wants to study law, is there an option? A student who wants yeah. to do engineering, um maybe medicine, right? And so you're able to create these different pathways for them, and I think it's it's very doable, right? You just need the will. There is a brand that's related a, a social enterprise that's related to the Fuji organization as well, which is called Fujila. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more uh, about that. We started this jewelry brand about ooh, 2017. You may or may not know uh, refugees in Malaysia aren't allowed to work legally. So, how do you earn an income and take That's care right. of your families? Mm. And um so we started the brand jewelry brand as a means of offering uh, refugee youth jobs uh, where they can learn and develop skills on the job, earn an income. Um and we could also make um really different cool jewelry that has an impact right so people yeah. like to people need to buy jewelry as gifts or for themselves if you can support a brand that's doing good at the same time why not so it's both a training center as well as a platform where people can then purchase the items that are, are the results of the the training that actually happens yeah in a way so we we do design the jewelry in house we make it elsewhere but the uh the refugee girls youth who work with us they learn business skills marketing um sales inventory a lot of like very hands-on business skills tell us about the sort of the design process and how you sort of 
the essence of the, the designers sort of go into the actual product themselves? Because I think that's really meaningful and very special about the product. Yeah, so what we do is we sit with, we have an in-house jewellery designer and we sit with her and we discuss um sort of the theme of the collection, what it is that we want to come through. Mm. Um, and we always want it to be positive. We always want it to be a piece that when you wear it, I mean, jewellery is very intimate. It's personal. Yeah. You know, it's on your skin. Um, and when you wear it, that it reminds you of something. It, it evokes an emotion, right? And so it serves as a little bit of a reminder of a story, as you mm -hmm. said, someone's story, a cause, something special. And it's a conversation starter. So you find that someone goes, oh, nice earrings. Then, and then that's a great opener. For, yeah, by the exactly. way, yeah. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's a great price point. It's accessible. Mm -hmm. And people are looking for smaller brands that they can support that are mm. more local. And yeah. And for a great cause at, at the same time. And of course, during this season of giving, there's mm -hmm. a lot of people looking for ways that they can buy more meaningful things for people as as gifts. What is the price range for uh, the jewelry that's available at um, Fujila? So our prices are in, you know, a hundred and something ringgit. And we go, we go up to about, I think, about four or five hundred. Mm -hmm. But we're right. on sale now. So um, <laughs> I'm in line for Christmas in the holidays. Yeah. So, yeah, um, you know, it's great to just go to the website we ship throughout malaysia internationally um so yeah please visit us fujila.com what's the fuji plan i mean it's an umbrella of, of so many different things that are happening like on the horizon you're going to have amazing people like amara here who's going to become a lawyer one day yeah well i think like in your case amara i mean you know she's an example of an outcome right a product mm -hmm. if you will of <laughs> this and the best kind yeah, yeah. and, and where the decisions yeah. you make in your life what you choose to do yeah. after this i mean we talk about this pay it forward model mm -hmm. right the idea that you are a blessing then to somebody else yeah. right i think um even when i come to think about it even for my own scholarship i i think somebody has paid right mm -hmm. somebody has used their money in a right way and coming to think about it it might uh, be like a small portion of their income but for me it's like a pathway and it's also covering the three years of my tuition fees my mm -hmm. module fees my exam mm -hmm. fees so i think for me it's uh, a price of my entire education and also like a ticket to my career and likewise i think it's a ripple of kindness that we are trying to bring forward and explain to a lot of people that you can do the right things and with which have a meaningful impact as miss deborah has mentioned and i think even when i grew up i would love to continue this journey and whatever it it may take right um even like for example doing a case for a refugee like mm -hmm. working on a case for free or like giving legal consultation on education or free uh, on rights that people have in this country for free mm -hmm. and i think it would be if i would be privileged to play my part why not yeah, yeah. that's fantastic i was going to actually ask you what kind of lawyer you were, yeah. you, were <laughs> you were thinking of being have you decided yet <laughs> i'm still um deciphering that but definitely <laughs> somewhere around criminal horizons yeah <laughs> oh i like that a little bit intrigued. we have to come back and, and revisit this later on when you've sort of decided in a couple of years most yeah. definitely yeah <laughs> but but i think for the organization we we're at a point now where we're very, very, very focused on education access. And we recognize that whether you're a refugee in this country or a stateless individual in this mm -hmm. country, um, 
it is such a uphill battle to be able to access quality education yeah. mm-hmm. um, because ul- ultimately that gets you out of poverty, that breaks the cycles that your family are in. Um, it's a life-changing opportunity to yeah. have it. And as much as we've talked on the show and said it's a right, it's a very much a privilege. I was going to say it's very so much many. a privilege. It yes. is, not just in Kale, but all around the country. And so yeah. there is no safety net for refugees and for stateless individuals. Mm-hmm. And that's why they are the focus. So for us, we're... We're constantly improving what we do, our school curriculum, quality, our teachers, our training, mm. um, access um, all the way up to tertiary education. And, and our next plan for 2024 is to look at reaching out to other refugee schools and learning centers around the country and to help them uplift the quality of their work. Because we there are so many amazing people that are so committed yeah. um, to helping kids mm-hmm. and, yeah. and to changing their lives. And so they don't have the resources, they don't have the support. And so if we can, if we can be a little bit of a catalyst for them um, and bring what we've had the privilege of, of developing over all these years and share that with mm-hmm. others, then, you know, it's not just the 200 kids at our school or our 36 scholars, it's the whole network. thousands of yeah. children yeah. around the country. Wow. I'm curious because uh, um, we've learned so much about the the Fiji organization at the moment? Is it mostly centered in, in the central areas at the moment? Do you have more than one um, branch in various parts of the country? How does it how does that work? So we have a physical school mm. um, in KL and our scholarship is open to any refugee individual throughout the country. So they are a little bit more scattered, mm. um, but m- the bulk of our work right now is, is within KL. So right. th- through this expansion next, next year, we'll look at how we can share what we do with, you know, with Penang, with with Kada, with other states. I love it. So if you've got the expertise to share, if you've got that uh, gift in money, you don't know what to get somebody, <laughs> you've got that to share, you're interested to find out more, what is the best place everyone should go to? Fuji.org? Fuji.org. And we've actually just launched a campaign um, f- just in time for the holidays. It's called Wise Choices, Big Impact. And okay. so this comes back to our conscious consumerism. Yeah. It's We don't always have to also buy people physical things. It can actually be a gift. The gift you give someone is a gift you've given another person. And right. so in this case, you can go onto our website and we have our giving catalog and you mm. can actually choose um, to send a child to school. You can buy their uniform. You can buy a sports activity for them. So you get to really engage with what you're giving. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's 50 ringgit upwards. It's and it's the equivalent of like I was thinking the other day with chatting with the team and we're like, it's four lattes nowadays, <laughs> yeah. which you can do without. Yes, or it's a yeah. lipstick or yeah. it's, you know, two gourmet burgers. Can you kind of put it into context? Yeah. We spend that money without even thinking. Right. So, you know, 50 ringgit upwards, you can give a great gift. And I think friends will appreciate it this year to to, to say, hey, yeah. I, I know you didn't need another something. So I've um, sent a child to school on your behalf. Right. It's, it's the gift of giving, like yeah. like they say, yeah. right? Yeah. So In its truest it's, sense, right? Yeah, so, it is. Exactly. Absolutely. And we really appreciate the... The sharing that you've done with us today, we really appreciate um, both you, Deborah, as well as Amara for joining us yeah. and uh, giving us more insight into something that many people don't stop to think about. Like, And it's right here in our country and we can make a difference, with, especially through organizations like, like yours, like Fuji. So thank you again for, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S-Y-O-K.